0: I wouldn't worry too much about it. You know, just keep, keep flogging your rattlesnake or, boy, that, that might've came out wrong. Diz Runs Radio, episode 1139. Starts in three, two. Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Well, 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 it is time once again to re-record the March episode of Listener Q&A. That's right. We did this once already today. And uh, for some reason, the audio file was a hot mess, so I guess we'll do it again. Um, today's episode is sponsored by the folks over at AminoCo. They uh, they make good, some good supplementation that apparently doesn't just corrupt on its own, which is good. Which is a good thing when it comes to amino acid supplementation, whether you're talking about the Perform blend, which is kind of like your, uh, your pre-workout, you know, get things going without... All the, the, you know, if you're susceptible to caffeine jitters, which Lord knows, thankfully I'm not. Uh, but if you are, you know, caffeine doesn't work for you. Maybe you don't want that sugar crash or maybe you're, you're more fat adapted. You know, you don't want to take a big sugar bomb before you go out and run, uh, get your workout in things like that. Heart rate training. You don't want a bunch of caffeine to jack up your heart rate. Hey, hit up some perform blend. It does have a little caffeine in it though. Just to be, just to be clear. Uh, from Amino Co. Maybe you want something to help speed the recovery afterwards, give your body the amino acids, the, the building blocks of life that uh, it needs to repair, get stronger, build your endurance, all those things. Get the Heal Blend. Maybe get them both. I don't know. I don't know your life. I don't know your budget, but hey, they're, they're both good. Um, but one way or another, Amino Co. is sponsoring today's episode, and you can get some. Amino acid supplementation for yourself, support the show, support your body, support a good business at aminoco.com slash Dizruns, and uh, make sure you use the code Dizruns at checkout. That'll save you 30% on everything that you order. Glad to have Amino Co. still in the fold. Uh, I think we're on nine or 10 months now, um, and they're in for the the whole rest of the year, which is exciting. So we'll we'll keep talking about them. Um, I'm going to keep taking this stuff. Maybe you'll jump on board as well. Uh, but aminoco.com slash Dizruns. Dizruns at checkout save you 30%. So today is listener QA day, and I think I already said this, but I don't know. I can't remember what I've said. I've said it so many freaking times today already. Um, we, we already did all these uh, these questions once um, and had a, a, an issue with the recording. We're redoing it. Um, I gave some really good answers last time. Uh, you'll have to take my word for it. I mean, I guess if you want to try to listen to the jumble, I still have the file. Uh, I'll send it to you if you want it. It's bad. Um, and I don't know why. And hopefully this one will turn out fine. And if, if, and if there's no episode, then I guess that means that, you know, we had audio issues again. And I just said the hell with it and decided not to record for a third time. Which is likely to happen if there are issues. But hopefully you're hearing this, which means there weren't issues. And uh, if I seem a little more curmudgeon today, a little more on edge, a little more short and testy and less pithy, it's because I am. So uh, let's let's get to it. But first and foremost, I guess, uh, maybe maybe the reminder for those that are new around here, usually this is a little bit more happy-go-lucky than it's going to be today. Apologies in advance. Uh, but if you want to, theoretically, good Lord willing, we'll do this again next month. Um, and if you want to get some questions submitted, the best way to do so is to join the Facebook group. Dizruns.com slash Facebook will take you right there. You can also search for the Dizruns Tribe on the Book of Faces the next time you're scrolling through. Click to to join. We'll let you in. Um, I'll try not to be a major stick in the mud in the group. No promises made. Um, But mid-month, I'll put out a post that says, hey, what are your questions? You put your questions in the answers. Hopefully next month I only have to answer them once. Um, But we do this every month. Last Friday of every month, dedicated to your questions, my answers. Um, So let's get to it. First question coming from Michelle. How do you feel about tune-up races in a marathon training plan? What distance? How far out? Should they be run full out or more like marathon pace? Uh, the short answer, Michelle, is that it depends. Yes, bottoms up, chug-a-lug, all the things. Um, because ultimately, there's so many variables at play that it's hard to give any firm firm boundaries. Like, do, am, I, am I anti-tune-up races? No, not at all. Do I think everyone needs to do them? Absolutely not. Uh, I think I think that they can be good especially if you're kind of new to racing to just get more more um more reps more practice with, with with the race day environment what that entails kind of how it's different than long runs because news flash it is different and all this you know talk we've had this conversation before where it's you know hey nothing new on race day well guess what race day is totally different than long run day so everything's new on race day um but but i do think that that yeah like like trying trying to race even as a as a tune up race, as a not goal race, can be helpful with that. I think you've been if you've been around the block a few times, if you've done a few if you've done more than a handful of races, um, they can still be valuable. It can still be a good part of a training plan to to just kind of, you know, make sure everything's everything's on point. Maybe to try marathon pace or goal pace, something like that. Maybe to make it part of your workout, you know, run running something where um, you know, if you're doing a, a long run and you can, can kind of contribute or contribute coordinate it so that you can run the first, you know, five, six, eight miles, and then jump into a half marathon to get your 20 miler. Um, you know, that can, that can work and it can make, it can make that 20 mile long run a bit less of a mental burden, uh, which, which is a good thing. So, so yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's fine, but in terms of all the, the details, you know, what distance, I mean, yeah, whatever, like it could be a half, it could be a tank. You can, you can make it fit whatever you need it to fit. Um, you know, how far out, I mean, far enough that you can recover, but if it's just a, if you are treating it as a workout, even a goal paced workout, hopefully you don't need months to recover, you know, maybe three weeks, four weeks, but again, it depends. Um, should it, should you run it full out? Well, if it's a tune-up race, you're probably not going to run it full out, right? You're probably not going to hammer, um, you know, 10 K PR pace. If it's, if it's a tune-up and part of a, of a 20 mile long run. Um, but it could be a good fast finish in which case you could try to hammer all out. You just would have, you know, a good number of miles on your legs beforehand. So, so, you know, how do you, how do you pay? I mean, it depends. It depends. And, you know, sorry to, to get everybody lambasted already. I only said it once or twice the first time through, I tried to restrain myself this time zero F's given. So we're just, it depends. It depends. It depends. It depends. Depends. Not that I'm angry about your question, Michelle. I think it's a very, very good question. Um, but I think the ultimate answer is that it, it, it does depend, you know, and you can, you can use it. Uh, I, I think it's, it's a good, it's, it's a good possibility. It's a good option. It's not necessary for everyone, especially those that have been running for a while. But, but if it, if it's something that you think might be useful, if it's something that uh, you want to do, then by all means, go for it. Go for it. Uh, next question also from Michelle. What is the one race in the world outside of the U S that you'd like to do considering money is no object. Lots of options, obviously, but, uh, for me, head and shoulders above the rest, buy me a plane ticket to South Africa. Let's run comrades. That's, that's it. Um, all the other world majors or all the other big cities, scenic, scenic venues, historical, you know, Athens marathon to, to, you know, in Greece like that, all those things would be great. But nothing, nothing in terms of international running would uh, excite me quite like Comrades. So, so that's it. That's, that's the answer. Um, I don't know whether we'll ever get there or not because money actually is an object. But if it weren't, if the Magic Wish Fairy was like, where do you want to go? Let's head to South Africa and uh, run run that race that uh, has so much history. Uh, good and bad, but so much history uh, with the comrades marathon. So that's, that's the answer. Thanks for the questions, Michelle. Moving on, Mr. Walker from North of the border. Does reducing the run walk ratio to decrease the running interval have much of an effect on race specific training? A typical example would be a short to medium run at a nine to one ratio. So let's just call it nine minutes to one minute and a long run at six minutes to one minute. So just running a little bit shorter. Uh, what does the effect Um, Honestly, I can't think it would have much, you know, the, 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 I suppose the effect would be that in theory, um, you'd be a bit less fatigued because you'd be walking a bit more over the course of those longer long runs, which could have a, a positive impact of helping to maintain form, not breaking down form as much, not being quite as fatigued. So recovery would go a little bit marginally, but a little bit smoother. Um, but honestly, like, I don't, I don't see it being, that much of of a difference. Uh, the the one potential hang up would be um, if you were doing your longer runs at six to one, just based on the example you're giving, Brian. Um, but then we're planning to race at something longer than that. You know, ready planning to do your race at the nine to one. Uh, maybe there'd be a little bit of mental, you know, kind of uncertainty that isn't there. So I, I think that that in training doesn't really matter that much. Um, but maybe getting one long run in where you're doing your race intervals, not race pace, but race intervals, that would be useful. And maybe there's, there's another example for Michelle's question about a tune-up race. Maybe that would be a, an opportunity to run a, a shorter distance race at your desired, um, intervals and maybe even at pace to just kind of see how that shakes out to make sure that, that it would work. But from a purely training perspective, Um, I don't think it's going to be a dramatic difference one way or the other. Um, so kind of whatever, whatever works for you, I think is going to be effective. So I hope that that makes, I hope that that makes sense. I hope that I understood the question correctly and, uh, keep on keeping on my friend. Uh, next question from Andy. Each week you ask the Facebook tribe to share pics of their bling. Do you have a favorite metal? Is it a favorite because of your finishing time or experience you had at the event or just a cool design? Um, I'm not sure that I have a favorite, um, and, and, you know, I guess the cop-out answer is I love, I love them all. I love them all equally, just like my kids, even though I only have one kid. So, you know, that makes it easy. Um, but, but, you know, I, I do kind of feel when I'm, when I'm looking at my medals, you know, it's a good chance to, to reminisce, you know, some, sometimes some of the medals that look pretty similar, some of the Disney ones that are kind of, that, that they had a run there for a while where they were pretty much the same. Um, those ones kind of blur a little bit, but sometimes the, the, especially like the one-off races, you know, the races in different States, things that I didn't do multiple iterations of, um, the medals are nice because it gives me a a good, you know, kind of trip down memory lane. Like I can think back to the trip or to the location or the weather or whatever the case might be. So, but, but when it comes to favorites, like not really, you know, maybe, maybe there's a couple, um, but I can't even really think of what they'd be off the top of my head. Um, you know, I have a Gasparilla marathon, that, uh, Gasparilla half marathon medal that I kind of like just because it is maybe kind of a unique uh, design, uh, it's you know, kind of pirate skull and crossbones, but the the head and the jaw are are separate from each other, but they're attached with a, with a small link, uh, but they move independent. So that's kind of cool. Um, you know, some of the Disney ones are kind of nice, especially the, the more recent ones they went over, they have, have more recently gone over the top. Some of the old school ones are are not tiny, but they're not, they're not as intricately designed, which maybe that's kind of cool too. I don't know. Um, but like I said, like they all kind of have their own little special significance. Um, and, and not really sure that any of them are dramatically, you know, more mean more to me. Um, do you display all some, none of your bling? currently? None. Uh, that, that needs to change. Uh, we had a nice display at, at the old house in Florida. Um, but upon moving, we've been hesitant to start drilling holes and walls and things like that. um, I don't know why. I mean, it's the it's, it's you know new new construction, new house, so there are no no existing holes or pinholes or drill holes or anything like that. Um, but uh, yeah, like I've got all my medals in in a couple of, of you know boxes and whatnot here in the office, kind of tucked away. Um, but need to get them out. Need to get them out. So so uh, so I can do some of that reflecting. So I can do some of that uh, trip down memory laning, if that's an appropriate way of saying it. Um but but I I do want to get some some displays back out. Maybe maybe instead of having all of Rebecca's in mine uh medals all on the same, you know, we had kind of like a curtain rod scenario. Um you know, I've been thinking about maybe getting like a, a 50 states specific uh metal hanger and so I can put each, you know, the metal from the different states on there. Maybe have a, spe- a specific Disney hanger uh so I can put my Disney medals all in one place. Um, And maybe have like a miscellaneous other for all the various half marathons and ultras and bits and bobs and things like that. I don't know. I mean, it costs a little bit more money, but it's also, you know, spreads them out, makes them easier to look at um, and easier to reminisce. So don't currently have them on display. Used to, need to. Uh, We'll have to make that happen, hopefully, relatively soon. Uh, But thank you for the questions, Andy. Next. The most loaded question of the bunch that I don't know if she realized it was a loaded question or not. But uh, message or question from Thessaly. Can you dive a little deeper into what you enjoy or struggle with about being a coach, podcast host, author? Uh, what do you consider your motivation and why of your chosen career? Uh, right now, <laughs> uh, given the fact that I've been doing this again, you know, for, I've been doing this all day. I'm supposed to be off this week. But I was like, oh, I, I need to record this episode. And then I recorded it once and it didn't work. And so now we're recording it again and it's been stop and start. And and not that you're asking for all that. But uh, yeah, there's not a whole lot about the job outside of the relationships. Um, you know, the people that, that I coach that I've, I've really gotten, you know, some, some folks, goodness gracious, they've been putting up with me as, as their coach for I don't know, five years, six years, something like that. It's ridiculous. Uh, but they're, they're still sticking around. And obviously, we've, we've gotten to know each other well over the years. Um, several folks I've gotten to meet. Uh, of course, you know, folks in the group, folks that I, I interact with regularly on social media, um, people that have been on the podcast that, you know, some, obviously a lot of folks over the years, like, you know, I haven't talked to them in, in years, uh, but there's some several folks um, that, you know, we, we were, chat, you know, chatted once and we've become not super close close friends but we connect regular semi regularly on social media so so some of those relationships friendships obviously when we when we did Ragnar a couple years ago in the, in the before times um, I guess it wasn't the before times that was it was the during times you know December 2020 uh, but getting everybody together for Ragnar and and getting able to meet you know, obviously youth Thessaly, and, and several other folks from the from the group for the first time yeah. Um, those types of things I love those types of things. Um, I, I am super happy that somehow, however, I've created this, this little career situation that I have for myself. Um, I'm, I'm glad that those things have have happened. And even though, yes, I'm, I'm introverts introvert, but you know, being able to to run with runners or just interact with runners behind a screen, that's okay. That's enough. That's, that's like an appropriate level of peopling for me. So, uh, those, those aspects have been great. Um, Everything else right now, I could pretty much leave, you know, uh, (laughs) the tech issues, social media, um, just, just the, the regular grind of, 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 I mean, but that's every job, right? I mean, every job has its grind moments and, and I get that. Um, but if somebody, if somebody wanted to offer me a work from home opportunity right now where I could still keep coaching, but not have to do all the other BS that goes on, um, I might take it. I might take it. If you got a job, let me know, you know, just saying, not saying, just saying, um, not that I'm like super actively looking, but if something were to fall in my lap, you know, might be hard to say no right now. Um, but what is my motivation? What is my why? I think, I think it comes down to helping people. Um, which again, I, I'm, I, I'm not exactly a people person, so that may not, they may not set quite right, but I feel like every job I've ever had, um, at least every like professional job, post college job. Uh, but even some of my, my earlier, you know, bits and bobs working, you know, high school jobs and things like that, college jobs kind of revolved around helping people, but certainly the athletic training side of things of helping athletes, which is still obviously a big piece of the puzzle with, with the running coaching. Um, but helping people be successful, helping people to, to, to make, make progress towards their goals. Um, you know, I wish I could be totally altruistic, but like, it feels good when somebody's like, Holy crap, where, how did that happen? You know, how did I, how did I get so fast when all I've been doing is running easy for a while? And I'm like, yeah, you know, it's almost like running easy works. And they're like, Oh yeah, thanks. (laughs) And like, it feels good. Right. So, so, but, but I think that, that helping people, um, you know, sometimes some of the conversations where it's like, you know, I don't think I could ever run, you know, in, insert goal race time here. And then two years later, they're like, like I can do it. And it's like, yeah, I know. Hey, you know, that's how this works. It's, it's, it's progress and it's slow, but if it's, it can be steady, we can, we can make some pretty good ground up, um, and just helping people see what they're capable of and, and reach those goals. And then maybe even reach higher. Um, like, I love doing that. Love doing that. Um, so, so yeah, as, as pissy as I am about work right now and, and I'm sure it's just a phase and I'll get over it. Um, but if all of a sudden you don't hear from me from, uh, you know, for a few weeks, then you can assume that I didn't get over it and I just burned it all to the ground. Like I'm fine. Like this isn't like some, just so we're clear. This isn't like some call for help. Like I'm not, I'm not in any type of bad place that way. Just, you know, if you just don't hear from me for a couple weeks, like that just means that, uh, like I said, burnt it all to the ground. Somebody offered me that, that work from home job and I took it. Not looking back, not planning on that happening though. So, so yeah, um, interesting timing for the question, Thessaly, since you asked it before anybody knew that I was, you know, dealing a little bit of burnout lately. Like I mentioned in my email recently and and trying to take a little bit of time off this week that clearly hasn't quite worked out as planned, but, uh, you know, I guess, I guess that's life, you know, life happens, right. As somebody, as some schmuck has been known to say once in a while, but thanks for the question lady. Appreciate it. Uh, next question. From the land of 10,000 lakes, Mr. Rick Lind himself, do you ever run fast just to run fast? Not as part of a training plan or during a race? Uh, no. No, I sure don't, Rick. Uh, if I'm going hard, there's a reason that I'm going hard. I mean, I, pretty much, you know, I'm all in on this heart rate training thing. Um, I, I don't push it unless there's a reason. So if it's a, if it's a designed, scheduled, planned workout, um, I'll get after it. You know, if it's race day, certainly. You know, no, no hesitation on race day to throw down. But... When I go out for a run now, if it's not if I'm not knowing that I'm going to do fartleks or I'm going to do some type of of interval routine that's maybe not meticulously planned but somehow intentional, um, we're just setting it and forgetting it. Nice, you know, cruise control is is how we roll. Um, maybe not for everybody, but uh, I. I, I at this point, I've either seen the light or drank the Kool-Aid, maybe both. And uh, when it comes to to running, I'm running easy unless there's a reason to run fast. We don't, we don't just, and we don't just willy-nilly it. We don't, we don't do that around here. I don't do that around here. But you do you. You know, if, that's, if that doesn't work for you, just keeping it easy all the time, throw down, have fun. That's, that's probably the most important thing you can do, right? Like, we, we do want to enjoy the miles that we're logging. So thanks for the question, Rick. Uh, next from Lewis. How do you feel about Zane Robertson getting banned for eight years for EPO doping? I don't feel at all. Thank you, sir. Um, at this time, quick reminder, today's episode is brought to you by the folks at AminoCo, which I believe maybe isn't specifically on the list of the, uh, World Anti-Doping Agency as an approved, uh, supplement, but it's not not on the list. It's not on the it's not on the ban list. I can tell you that. So if you want to, you know, g- give yourself a little boost, a little pre workout boost, a little post workout recovery boost, amino acids are a great way to do it. No need to worry about popping a positive. No need to worry about any eight year bans. No need to worry about Lewis bringing you up as an example of someone I don't care about getting banned for doping on the podcast uh, because you won't you won't be in trouble at all. You'll just be. You'll just be giving your, your body a little bit of a boost via supplementation and uh, also potentially supporting the show at the same time. So AminoCo.com slash Diz is the link. Dizruns Runs at checkout saves you 30%. And thanks once again to AminoCo for sponsoring today's episode. Next question from Rob Jones, uh, kind of a couple of, of slightly in the, in the weeds, fat adaptation questions. So bear with me if this doesn't apply to you and I'll try not to go... Too deep. I'll try not to go as deep into the weeds this time as I did last time when I thought I was doing my best to avoid getting lost in the weeds and didn't. So maybe you're maybe you're fortunate that the first round through uh, ended up in the old uh, recycling bin. But uh, to Rob's question, fat adapted training slow through heart rate zone two and racing fast uh, fueling question. So that that was a lot, but we're gonna get through it. If the plan is to raise the heart rate above normal training zone to race faster, does that increase carb burning requirements? If this is the plan, should some carb fueling be on the agenda to avoid a meltdown? Yes, yes and yes-ish, Rob. So when it comes to to fat adaption for us as runners, and quite frankly, just in, in, when it comes to energy production for humans, we are never 100% burning body fat only. We are never 100% burning carbs only burning glucose only, which is carbs, but you know, just to, just to be technical here, it's always, it's always some mix of both. Okay. But the more fat adapted you are, the, the more efficient you are at burning fat. So instead of it being maybe 90% carbs and, and 10% fat, um, and I'm making up numbers, but, but it is pretty dramatic for non fat adapted folks, because it's just, it's just easier for the body to gain energy via glucose in the, in the blood. And our bodies tend to try to do whatever is, is most easy and efficient. But if you become more efficient at burning fat, all of a sudden, maybe you're at 60 carbs, 40 fat. Or maybe 50-50. You know, somewhere closer to middle um, while exercising or while, while running. And the reason that that's such a game changer then is because um, even if you start to run low, on like, A, it takes you way longer to run out of carbs, right? Because if you normally have the loose rule of thumb for quote-unquote normal, um, you know, People who are predominantly burning carbs might be two hours, hour and a half to two hours worth of of stored carb. Well, you know, if you're if you're only burning half as much at a, at a rate half as you know at, at, at that type of rate, maybe you can go four or five hours because you're also regenerating some of that store, um, especially if you're consuming a little bit, which gets to your question. So, you know, if if on race day you're pushing a little bit faster, sure, your 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 carb burning um, percentage might be up marginally. Um, so so adding a few carbs to the mix is probably a good idea but it's not like you're gonna need to start sucking down a gel every hour you know or some nonsense like that you know getting a little bit of of liquid ca- liquid calories gatorade tailwind whatever whatever floats your boat um, maybe you know some some fruit maybe a, a, a chew maybe a gel if if, the, if if you can handle gels you know maybe a gel every every so often um, but so often like every couple of hours instead of every 45 minutes, like the package suggests. So you know, you might need to play with things a little bit. Um, but I I just feel for myself that, that being fat adapted makes the fueling piece of the puzzle on race day, especially for longer races. So easy because the the risk of me overfueling is, is like zero because I'm not taking in that much. Am I taking in some? Sure. Am I taking in, um, you know, a hundred calories over the course of a four hour race? Maybe maybe a touch more, but probably not like that's probably about it um, versus you know a hundred calories every hour or something like that um, and also the risk of me running out of fuel is virtually zero because uh, you know I'm carrying around hours and days worth of fuel every day you know so so I just think it's it's a good happy medium where you, you add a little bit of carbs, sure almost like you know think about it like a, like a, a a campfire right like you've got the big logs and they do most of the heavy lifting. But every once in a while, you need to add some some twigs. You need to add some some smaller sticks and stuff to to keep the fire burning. And and when it comes to your race day fueling scenario, that's exactly how I view it. Like your body fat are those big logs. Adding a, a little bit of carb to the mix, because your body's always going to be naturally burning a little bit of carb anyway. Um, just kind of is is those twigs is that kindling that keeps the the main logs from from going out. So don't don't overthink it. I think is is ultimately the answer. Don't worry too much about adding some carbs to the mix. You'll be fine. Um, especially if you if you have a history of having a, a pretty decent gut, if you've got a little bit one of those, if you're one of those those uh, weak stomachs, maybe you got to be a little bit more careful. Want to do a little more trial and error. But if you've got you got a pretty pretty solid grasp or pretty solid level of confidence that if you put something in that's not too much, not too crazy, um, you're going to be okay, then you'll probably be okay. Uh, second part of Rob's question. Also, I have done some carb intake at the end of long runs to test the waters. After those runs, I am hungry. After my electrolyte and water only runs, black coffee seems to suffice. Is this just a case of my body, um, you know, burning based on what is available? Yeah, basically. You know, if, if you get if you get that spike of carbs, that spike of blood sugar, um, and your body is like, whoa, yeah, like quick burning, let's do this. Then it kind of wants more, right? And if and if it's just kind of continuing to burn burn, you know, stored body fat, and continuing to just kind of chill at, at, at being fasted, it tends to just kind of chill. Um, I don't know exactly what the science says on that, but I will tell you that my N equals one lines up very closely with, with your N equals one. And that if I, if I have some type of carby nonsense, but goodness after a run, I'm hungry. I'm starving the rest of the day. If I don't, then it's just kind of eat normal. uh, Maybe a little bit more, more volume. um, But, but no, you know, major cravings or anything like that. um, When I just kind of have some, some coffee and maybe a little bit of fatty something or another after a run. So Take that for what it's worth. Continue to experiment, but it sounds like you're well on your way towards a, a high level of fat adaption, which I think will be good for you, Rob, at least again, for my N equals one and, and conversations we've had. Um, I, think, I think what you're doing is working, so keep it up. Keep it up. Thanks for the question, my friend. Next up, it is time once again for the Tom Trifecta. Uh, I really do think we need to get some type of sound effect for the Tom Trifecta, something like, you know, you know where I'm going with that. <laughs> anyway, first question from Tom. Uh, there are so many shoe brands and so many shoe types these days that it is hard to choose a pair of shoes. Cost is also a factor, especially with carbon-plated shoes. I live about an hour from the closest running store to me, which is the big city of Erie, PA. Do you have any general tips on how to sort through all the myriad of running shoes to choose a pair of shoes? Um, for me, Tom, it just boils down to like one or two principles that I that I'm relatively... Maybe not like hardcore and willing to compromise, but like, like I got to have, I got to have basically two things when it comes to shoes. I need to have a shoe that's, that's relatively wide in the toe box, whether it's proper, you know, foot shaped, like ultras claim to, to used to be, and maybe aren't so much anymore. That's another, another topic for another day, but something that's, that's wide in the foot and the toe box. Um, so that my feet can spread out a little bit. I, I, I won't wear tight shoes anymore. Ain't going to happen. And then I also want something that's relatively low profile zero drop. Ideally doesn't have to be, but you know, I, I'm not going to wear some type of high heeled, you know, 12 millimeter drop nonsense. No, no, no. no. I mean, if that works for you, that works for you. Those are just my two kind of main, main bits of the, you know, main, uh, deal breakers, if you will. So, um, you know, when it comes to, to sorting through the myriad of, of choices, that's, that's how I eliminate, you know, is it, is it wide in the toe box? Is it relatively zero drop? you know, maybe four millimeter, we can, we can make that work. Maybe six, maybe six. We can make that work as well. Um, anything more than that? eh, Probably not. Um, ideally not a lot of cushion, but we can get away with a little bit of cushion. You know, we're, we're, we're not completely, um, ideologic when it comes to, you know, the, the old school ultra setup that isn't very much the, the ultra setup these days. Um, but as long as it's, it's foot shaped or wide in the toe box, or at least there's a wide option, and relatively zero drop, then, then I'm good. You know, then, then it becomes pricing and things like that. And I, I'm a little bit more brand agnostic now than I used to be. So whatever works for you, whether it's stability, whether it's neutral, you know, pick, pick your one or two things that, that really matter. Um, and then, you know, maybe try something from a different, a different shoemaker, a different brand. And who knows, maybe you might find something that you really like, but you can, you know, kind of play the game and try some different things. Um, you know, and and most, most places have pretty generous return policies these days, even when you purchase them online. So you can buy something run them for a few weeks. And if you don't like it, they'll usually take them back. So you've got that going for you, even though, and, and it might save you a trip to the big city, you know, but, but still have the, the ability to return things without too much of a hassle. So hopefully that helps Tom. Uh, next question through a series of timing and luck, I will be running two marathons this fall, but none this spring. Do you have any tips for my upcoming training block? Also, do you have any suggestions for how to train between those races? So, um, you know, I think I think the first thing, and, and this is another one of those kind of it depends type of, of answers, apologies, everybody, um, but, you know, chug a lug. Um, but it kind of depends on, on what the gap is between the races. Are we talking like one week? Are we talking two weeks? Are we talking three weeks? Um, obviously, the bigger the gap, maybe not obviously, potentially the bigger the gap, the better. But that can also cause a little bit of you know too much time, but not enough time scenario. So so the the spacing between the races is a big is a big factor here. Um, but I think that that maybe the the ideal situation in general, if we can if we can give you a one size fits all answer to to your scenario, Tom, it's to to, to try to peak for the first race. Um, now I don't know what the the races are in terms of. Um, Logistics, and you know maybe one's a hilly course, one's a flat course, or w- whatever the case might be. But if you're going to try to race one of the two races, ideally it's the first race, um, because then then you recover afterwards, and, you, and there's no rush to try to speed the recovery process along too quick so you can get back to training to build for the second race, right? You can just recover, and then if you've got a little bit of time, you've got enough time to get a couple weeks of, of base building, just kind of easy running, r- work the kinks out, and then you know go, go into the next race. That's cool. If not, you can kind of just roll from one to the next, especially if you're able to fully recover in between. But I think I think ultimately that's the answer: is aim to to really maximize recovery between the two races. If the first race is your goal, if the second race is more of the goal, and the first race is more of your, your tune up race, uh, like Michelle was talking about earlier, um, that's that's okay. That can work. But maybe you, you turn that that first race. You, you got to be very. I would encourage you to be very diligent about being disciplined for the first race, um, setting pace limits, maybe heart rate limits. Um, maybe you, you structure it as a workout. So you do the first, you know, whatever, um, maybe the first 20 miles really easy. And then maybe you push the pace a little bit for the, the, the last 10 K maybe make it a little bit of like marathon goal pace for the last 10 K something like that. Um, but if the second race is the goal race and the first race is something of a tune up or a glorified long run, yes, it's a lot of mileage, but, So you don't want to push too hard to beat yourself up too much that then the recovery really drags on because recovery is still going to be important before you get back to work, but you're going to be much less likely to be patient with your recovery. If you've only got a few weeks and you feel like you need to get one or two more key workouts in newsflash, you probably don't need those key workouts, but I understand how that works. So, um, I think all things equal. Ideally, the first race is the goal. The second race is for fun. Um, and, and either way, making sure to really recover between the races appropriately is, is vital because the last thing you need is to get, you know, like push some little niggle or some little injury or something like that. Wind up overtrained um, or maybe unable, unable to even get to the starting line of the second race, um, because you didn't recover adequately between. So prioritize the recovery. Um, maybe in a perfect world, you run them both just for funsies, but if you're going to race one, I think the race in the first one, is logistically easier. It can work either way, but I think logistically it's, it's less complicated if the first race is the goal race and the second race is for fun. So hopefully that helps Tom and, uh, you know, enjoy that summer training for those fall races. (laughs) He says with a chuckle, but also I think there's like run a good solid summer training block. If the, if the conditions are, are a little bit cool in the fall, pays dividends, pays big dividends for sure. Uh, Final question from Tom. I am trying to organize the Cadbury egg 5k for late July. Can I get you to sign up? Tom, you can get right on out of here with that nonsense of a question. Clearly, clearly you were going for a reaction. You got one, but come on, man, get out. Thanks. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate your questions as always. Next. Another question from North of the border. Corey asks, I think my watch is picking up my cadence for my heart rate. Yes, that does happen at times, uh, so very well could be what's going on. Uh, he, question goes on. I know a strap is probably for the best after reviewing online and not really seeing a big difference unless you go really crazy. What is your best heart rate? What is your suggestion for best heart rate strap on the market? Um, for me, it's the Polar H10 uh, hands down. If And I don't have one. I, I don't, that's not the strap that I use or the monitor that I use or whatever you want to call it. The not the transmitter that I use. Uh, but if I were to have to, if I were in the market today, I would get that without even like second thought. And here's why the, the, the three major pieces of the puzzle that you want to look for is connectivity issues. So ideally you'll get a, a transpond or, you know, heart rate strap with a transmitter that can connect to devices, both with Bluetooth and with ANT plus technology. These days, most new straps connect to both, both types. So you probably won't find too many that are one or the other, but that, that was an issue back in the day. And why I've had to purchase multiple heart rate straps over the last six or seven years. uh, Because I got one that was just ANT+, which connected to the watch only. And then I wanted to be able to connect to my phone to do different, you know, HRVs and things like that on apps. And then, uh, so I ended up having to buy a new one. So make sure that you get both. Uh, Also kind of important, at least to me, I think, is the ability to replace the strap itself without having to replace the entire unit. AKA the, the transmitter piece, which is the expensive piece. So some of the, the, the options on the market, they're all kind of one piece. They don't separate, uh, the polar H 10, you can pop the transponder or the transmitter off, get a different strap or replacement strap as, as you use it. And the the sensors get a little bit dodgy, um, or you can just take the transmitter off and wash it. So it doesn't smell so funky, um, without worrying about ruining your transmitter that way. But a replacement strap is like $18, $20, um, you know, versus the, the cost of a whole new unit. So it's kind of makes, makes sense to be able to do that. Um, And last but not least, the third reason that I would go with the Polar H10 if I were starting from scratch today is that it is swimmable. It is submersible in water without up to a certain depth, of course. But if you're going to, even if swimming isn't isn't something that's in the mix for you right now, which it isn't for me, you never know. Never know when you might want to, you know, take up some swimming or maybe there's some injury. You got to do some rehab work in the pool and you want to monitor your heart rate as well. Um, so I would, I would get the Polar H10 if I were starting from scratch and it's not even the most expensive, you know, there's, there's other options out there, um, that are, that are significantly more expensive than the Polar H10, um, and not any better. So I would get the Polar H10 for sure. Um, I think the Polar H9 ticks the first two boxes, but doesn't tick the underwater box. So if you, if you have a, uh, if you have a, you know, a situation where you're like, I will never be in the pool. Maybe, but for an extra 20 or $30 to me, just to have the option in case you ever need the option, would be nice. So I would get the Polar H10. Uh, hopefully that helps you, Corey. Good, happy shopping, and uh, thanks for the question. Next up, we got the standard hat trick from Gary Joe. Three questions, varying degrees of it depends. So get your, get your beverage of choice ready. First of all, I am that, or I'm sorry, I am flat-footed AF, and sometimes I struggle to keep my feet under me. Uh, keeping them in, in decent form. It looks like a chicken trying to flog a rattlesnake, which there is a visual for you if you stop and think about it a little bit. Not sure how it lines up to what your feet look like while you're running, but we'll, we'll let it slide. Um, I think supination is the term, but you're smarter than I am. Any thoughts? It, it could be, I, I feel like it's pronation, but I don't know, whatever it is, it's one of the Asians. And um, the fact of the matter is that, that if it's not causing you problems, if you're not having shin splint issues, if you're not having various pains in your legs and your hips and your knees and all that kind of stuff. Um, I wouldn't worry too much about it, quite frankly. You know, like like our bodies are pretty ridiculous in terms of their abilities to adapt and overcome and make things work. And sometimes that's a problem. Of course, sometimes you don't want to just ignore something if it is a problem. But sometimes I feel like, you know, in, in, our, in our attempt for perfect form, perfect gait, um, we cause ourselves more problems than it's worth. So first and foremost, if you're running well, and you're not having issues, and you haven't had issues, and you know, dramatic issues in the past. Um, I wouldn't worry too much about it. You know, just keep keep flogging your rattlesnake, or boy, that that might have came out wrong. Uh, but anyway, I digress. Um, just keep on keeping on. Um, now that said, if you wanted to, to kind of, you know, maybe maybe shore it up just a little bit, working on kind of balance or you know, foot and ankle mobility, strengthening things like that. Uh, calf raises, walking on your tiptoes, walking on your heels, uh, those types of things could could be good. Maybe a little bit of mobility, stretching your calves, that could all help. Um, I wouldn't go overboard. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You know, get get too crazy with it. But that would be that would be one thing that that probably all of us could benefit from a little bit. At least, Lord knows I could. Um, and I, I do have arches in my feet. But I know that I still would benefit from a little bit more range of motion, a little bit more flexibility, maybe a little bit more strength or at least muscle control in my, my feet and ankles. So that would be maybe a low hanging fruit to, to work on. Um, but I would almost say that you could work on that or benefit from working on, you know, b- balance and stability and whatnot, um, regardless of how flat or not flat your feet might be. So uh, but, but hopefully, you know, you're not having any issues, in which case, like I said, keep on keeping on. Uh, second question from Gary Joe, when you're, when you're talking about running easy, most of the time, how often should we try and incorporate a good bust your behind, get after it? Nine out of 10 effort. Uh, it depends is another acceptable, is an acceptable answer. And it'll give me another point in the Diz runs drinking game. Um, yeah, I mean, I I do think it depends. I I think that, and I think the reason it, it does depend so much is that, um, you know, what, what, like, obviously not everybody's doing the same number of runs per week. Right. So if I was like, you know, once a week is great. Well, once a week for somebody who's running three times a week versus once a week for somebody who's running six times a week, clearly that's a completely different scenario, right? Like, like just the, the frequency, the, the ratios, all those types of things are very different depending on how often you're running. Also depending on what your, your, your volume is, what your mileage is. You know, if you're, if you're running three times a week and every run is three miles, um, then, then three miles of speed workout is a lot if you're running six times a week and your standard run is is eight miles and then you get a 10 miler in there and then your long run is 18 miles, I don't even know what that adds up to, but that's, you know, 60 miles, 55 miles, something like that. And you know, a, a, a five mile tempo run isn't really that much. It's like one tenth of your volume, right? So like, like there's a lot of variance into how often to go hard is appropriate based on how much you're running injury history, how you're feeling, just how long you've been running. You know, I think somebody who's been running for 12 years and has been relatively healthy throughout, or at least relatively healthy for the last few years, has a rock solid base underneath them. Like they can not only get away with more speed work, but would probably benefit from more speed work. You know, somebody who's, who's relatively new to the sport or coming off of some injuries or a layoff or things like that would arguably be, be putting themselves at a greater risk to do speed work too often and would probably get as much or more benefit from just running easy and continuing to build their base. So it depends is absolutely the answer. Chug a lug, chug a lug. Um, But there's just a lot of variables there. You know, loosely, I I like the 80-20 rule. Even though I don't follow it anymore, that was kind of my first, you know, indoctrination, if you will, into running easy, at least most of the time. So like 80% easy, 20% hard which obviously scales depending on, you know, level of fitness, time training, things like that. So there's a loose rule of thumb, but, uh, I think, I think in general less is more when it comes to speed work. Um, but I'm, I'm very much very admittedly biased towards heart rate training. So there's that, but, uh, thanks. Thanks for question two. And now for the shenanigans portion of Gary's hat trick of questions. I'm a diehard died in the wool, Kentucky Wildcats fan. Uh, Running the crazy eights last year, I sprinted past the first water stop, which was decorated in all Tennessee orange. Do you have any petty running stories like that? Or am I alone? It depends is acceptable. I don't think this one depends necessarily. I think, I think you're probably not alone, but I don't think I'm with you on this one, my friend. Uh, I can't think of anything that I've done where it's just been, you know, like petty. I'm not stopping here because you're waving a Ohio state flag or you're waving a green Bay Packers flag. Um, I would think about it, but you know, needs must and you need, you need the water, you need the hydration, you need the fuel, things like that. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, you know, the closest I've ever come is like blowing past the water stop because everybody was stopping there at the beginning part of like a Disney race where there's 20,000 people all trying to stop for, for water at the first mile. And it's like, y'all, there's another water stop a mile from now. Um, I'm just going to stop there you know, and, and blowing through. And maybe now to the point where I, you know, I wear my, my orange mud pack for pretty much every race. And so everybody, you know, gets, gets all congested at the water stops. and I'm just cruising right through. I don't know that that's petty. Maybe it's a little bit like judgy. Maybe there's some judgy going on. Um, but that's it. I I can't think of any times when I've been like, Oh, so-and-so is wearing a freaking Chicago bears hat. Like we're not stopping there. Forget them. Forget them. Um, Although there might be some judgy going on in my head in those scenarios as well. So maybe I'm, I'm more of a judgy than a petty person. I think maybe anyway, appreciate the questions, Gary, Joe, uh, last but not least, Michaela's question in light of a recent quick tip slash rant, what is your totally worth the hype product? So if you, in case you missed it, I, a couple of weeks ago, did a quick tip on just so much hype on so many things related to the best product ever or i am you know, i am the best coach because xyz and it's like come on like like you don't need to hype you know, all the hype stuff is just ridiculous and it was just it really got under my you know it was it was a burr under my saddle it was it was grinding my gears that day and so I, I went with it um but in terms of products that like actually live up to the hype like i think that that therein is is the the issue because products that work don't tend to have a lot of hype Right. Like, like the hype comes when it's like, we're trying to, to make you think that this is, this is the, the freaking greatest thing since sliced bread when it's not that big of a deal, you know? Like, like, or, or there's some marketing thing behind it where it's like you're, all the influencers are like, oh my God, you guys, like so many of you have been in my inbox asking about my late, my, my new foam roller. And like, I just wanted to do this quick story to tell you about my foam roller. Like that doesn't happen because foam rollers are good, but there's not a lot of hype. They don't need to, they don't need the hype. They don't need the hype train. But you know, like my oh, oh all of you been asking about my, my my skincare routine, bitch. Nobody's been asking about your skincare routine. Sorry, you can tell what Rebecca listens to on, on when we're sitting on the couch in the evening, scrolling around on our phones. I'm playing useless games. She's listening to people talk about their skincare routine that people have asked about. <sighs> anyway, all that to say, sorry, I got a little, got a little feisty. I actually was feisty. I was feistyer the first time. Didn't think I was gonna get feisty this time. And then look what happened. There you go. Um... But yeah, I mean, I, I think that, that the things that, that live up to the hype don't have the hype. You know, running easy, um, you know, recovery, uh, getting good sleep, uh, maybe a little bit of foam rolling, you know, maybe a little bit of, of some strength training, but like not all the crazy stuff. Not that the crazy stuff is bad, but like simple stuff works, you know? Uh, like like the, the, fu- the, fu- the the fundamentals, the basics, that's the good stuff. And there's not a lot of hype there. And all of the miracle cures and the best things in sliced breads, like, a lot of them are okay. They're fine. But do they live up to the, like, no, like sliced bread is pretty damn awesome. And like your skincare routine or your, your, you know, fancy support, you know, compression socks, like they're not like, they're fine, but they're not that great, you know? So, so yeah, I don't think that there's too much that lives up to the hype because I think that the hype, that the things that would don't have the hype and the things that have the hype don't have the goods. If you, Follow that logic. So thanks for the question. I'm sure I'm probably wrong on that somewhere. I'm sure I'm probably wrong on a lot of things today, especially with his hit, his hit and miss as the technology has been glitchy. And who knows, maybe this is unlistenable, just like the first round was, in which case, sorry, but I'm not doing this again. Um, but anyway, what are your thoughts on today's quick tip episode long? Not a quick tip today's question and answer episode that uh, was a bit longer the first time I poured my heart out to you on some of those questions the first time through. Guess you'll never hear that. Uh, but what do you think? What did I get right? What did I get wrong? Uh, Dizruns on Twitter. Dizruns on Instagram. Feel free to, to you know shoot me a message, post a comment. Feel free to send an email to disruns at gmail.com. And of course, if you want to head back over to the show notes for today, uh, disruns.com slash 1139. I'll get you there. We've got our, our meme slash GIF answers to just about all the questions. A couple of them didn't make sense. Like there was no polar H10 heart rate strap meme available. Um, so I didn't, I didn't even look for one, you know, just kind of wrote that one in there, but most everything else had a meme or a Jeff answer. If you want to see that, check it out. Of course, we've also got, uh, that comment section down there at the bottom. You can feel free to chip in, chime in, add your two cents. Tell me what products do live up to the hype. Tell me, uh, whatever, whatever else I got wrong. You can, you can correct me on that too. Tell me why my job is the best job in the world. Maybe give me a job offer. You know, I'd be all the things just reach out all the, all the things I'm available. Um, easy to find, unless I disappear, in which case, you know, we got We got that job, and we shut it down. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Don't worry. Um, but anyway, I'm in a better place now than I was when I started this episode recording issue two and a half hours ago. Yes, this this 50 minutes has taken two and a half hours. That's how awesome my technology has been today. Maybe it's time for a new computer. Maybe that's another conversation. Maybe you could chip in some Patreon money. Maybe you could support Amino Co. Help me buy a new computer. So I'll be a little bit less grumpy for the next q and I don't know. Maybe not. AminoCo is the sponsor for today's episode, though. Dizruns.com. I'm sorry. AminoCo.com slash Dizruns. Dizruns at checkout. Save yourself 30%. Join the Facebook group if you haven't already or not. Whatever. Up to you. Uh, but get your questions submitted for next month's Q&A. Dizruns.com slash Facebook or on Facebook. Just search for the Dizruns Tribe. Or be like Gary Joe and send me a, a, a message on Instagram or Twitter or whichever one. I think it was Twitter this month. Uh, with your questions and we'll try to get them in that way too anyway i'm done i'm done hope that uh, this was useful appreciate your time appreciate your attention appreciate your support and uh we'll talk soon right later y'all